Maria Daniels here with Successfully Chaotic, and today I have Scott and Nancy joining me as special guests. I would like them to go ahead and introduce themselves and just kind of give you a little bit of who they are and what they do. Hi, guys. (laughs) So we are Scott and Nancy Kiesling. We are a husband and wife life coaching team. Uh, We help women who have success in everything in their life except the relationships, right? We feel good about every other area, but we just can't keep that relationship love department solid. We help you learn how to figure out how to break that cycle of failed relationships so you can have the uh, loving, happy, successful relationship you've been longing for. Uh, And we do that through a lot of different techniques that are very uh, unique and unusual. Uh, One is adventure therapy. We like to bring in adventure therapy to tie in your physiology to your mindset shift. Uh, That really shifts all of that and gets to the root cause of why you struggle with what you struggle with. So do you find, I know, and I'm speaking from myself here and my own experiences, but people that listen to the show know that obviously I'm a serial entrepreneur and I have like a thousand kids and, you know, I've had one failed relationship and almost failed the second one. I felt, I've always felt like the personal relationship side of my life came harder for me than my professional life. And, um, it, it seems weird. Like you, you would think that the, the personal side a lot of times comes easier, but for me, it was the professional side that came easier because I was, I've always joked around that I'm emotionally stunted. <laughs> you know, I do better now, but for the longest time, I always joked around I was emotionally stunted. So obviously in business, even though, you know, there's some emotional aspects to it, it was very much kind of plug and play for me. And the more my personal life would fall apart, the more I'd push into work because I was good at it and it felt better, right? I got more, you know, kind of pats on the back from that side, which just in turn made the personal side worse and worse and worse. So do you find that you end up working with a lot of um, entrepreneurs because they do have that kind of imbalance? We do. Yeah. Uh, We do. Most, uh, I would say most of the women that we work with are entrepreneurs. Um, And they lose one of their human needs significance within their relationship and it happens over time but as they're losing that we have to meet that that human need of significance so where do we tend to go is into that into that work world into that work mindset um, that keeps us focused it keeps us distracted uh, it keeps us away and we found that's one of the big challenges right now uh, for folks that are home together mm-hmm. because they were distracting both whether it was with the kids or with work or whichever they're, they're starting their businesses. That distraction was no longer. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden there were these people uh, in quarantine that didn't know each other anymore mm-hmm. or never knew mm-hmm. each other because that initial significance went away and everybody dives into work, dives into something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so helping support women to uncover that, to see why they, they tend to, right? We, we use language like, oh, I just, I'm a workaholic. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just, right? We, we use excuses about why we're putting so much effort there and not in the relationship or not looking for that relationship. Once we can uncover that, you can start to give it a new meaning, put a new belief behind it uh, and really give them the, the tools and the strategies to 
get everything that they want. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, well, you like to talk about the messy, right? So a lot of women that we lie to ourselves, right? We say, oh, I don't have time for a relationship or, you know, I just, I like my own space or, you know, we tell ourselves these lies and it's none of that, right? It's just, we can't figure out how to make our relationship successful and we're guarded and we don't want to get hurt again. So we dive right into that work to overcompensate. So it it does, it tends to be a lot of those high powered driven women that again, they have success in every area, but not this one. Uh, And instead of acknowledging it, they just distract from it. So we like to have success in every, you can have success in every area. So let's dive into that and really look at it and not be scared to see what you're going to find. I absolutely agree. And I know kind of being on the other side of it now, um, me and my husband have, you know, been through tons of counseling and, you know, it's funny how you dig back to, you mentioned why I am a big, 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 big pusher of why on everything, you know, you want, I have people come to me for just business consulting. I want to grow my business. I'm like, well, why? Well, Mm -hmm. I just want to grow it. Well, that's not a good enough reason. You know, you don't grow for the sake of growth. I I want to know the why. And it's the same thing with a relationship is, you know, there was why is why we just wasn't able to figure out our relationship. There's lots of whys actually, you know, and we had to dig way back. I had to dig way back just even into childhood and it was messy and it was hard and it was, it wasn't fun. I'm not gonna lie. It was not fun during the process, but now being on the other side of it, I'm so glad that we went through that. You know, I'm so glad that we, uh, that we actually came to a point where we were just like, we can't do this anymore. And we Mm -hmm. almost caught it quits, you know, because it was just, it was, it was painful and it was, it was messy and it was hard. And I felt like, like you mentioned, I didn't have the time to deal with it. I had businesses I had to take care of. I had kids that I had to take care of. And I could not take, you know, one more second to try to keep pushing into something that just wasn't working. That's what I kept thinking. But I'm so glad that it did because we have a better relationship now than we ever did, even when we got married. And I think it's because we dealt with our own messiness. We dealt with our own junk. And then when we dealt with the junk together, and then now we have such a better relationship. We have our boundaries established that we never did really have established before because we never had that conversation, Mm -hmm. which seems silly, you know, be 40 years old and be like, well, I never had my boundaries established, you know what I mean? But we didn't, you know, did not. And every spare second, you know, we were dealing with kids or we were, and we have one that's on the spectrum too. So that, you know, is, is more. So, I mean, we were dealing with kids or I was dealing with businesses and he, you know, he works full time and, you know, it was just, it was messy and it was hard, but I love that you all have taken the time to say, okay, yeah, you may be successful in all the other areas of your life because I, I see that too. I see that in people that I work with, you know, that they've got, you know, from the outside, you know, looking in, they've got it all together, but then you just hear little things that you pick up on. You know, and um, I used to be that person, you know, I used to be that person. I felt like I had, you know, everything else pretty well. Okay. But there was just one messy part of my life, which was my personal side of my life that I would just kind of like throw, you know, the sheet on, you know, so it's like you have all this nice furniture except this one stained old piece of furniture. And when somebody comes over, you just want to throw something over it. That was my personal life. It's like, just don't look over here. You know, I don't look over here. So that's how it was. And I love that you're saying, no, we need to look over here forget it. You know, we need to dig because that's the, usually the stuff that we don't want to deal with is exactly the stuff that we need to deal with. And once I did start dealing with my personal life and my relationships, my business life actually got better. And I was able to fully establish my boundaries and my business better too, which seems like it doesn't go together, but our personal life is the very foundation, the very core of our humanity so if we, yeah. we've got that a big giant mess, nothing's ever really going to align correctly. So can you kind of walk me through when you kind of meet people and they are, 
um, going through whatever it is in their personal life, then um, you figure out that they're a fit for you. What does that process kind of look like? So yeah, great question. We absolutely want to make sure it's a fit for everyone involved. It may be a fit for us and not a fit for the, the person looking for help. And we do want to be that fit. So what we like to do is investigate, right? Yeah. Have a conversation and get to know each other for a moment. Listen for us. It's really about the human behavior. It's about the language they use. It's about the the body language they use, not only the verbal language. Um, it's about uh, understanding that they don't know what they don't know until they know it. And so whatever they're going through, if it's something that, that we can relate to, that we've been through, that we can show results that, hey, it worked not only for us, but for others, it's not, you're not alone. It's not that different. There's many of us that have had great careers and felt like not enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I had a, a, a wonderful 30 year career in the film industry uh, where I worked on, you know, Oscar award winning films. I still felt like not enough in my personal life. So we, there's a lot that, that we've been through that we can relate to that we have the tools and strategies to share with people. So to understand where they're coming from, to understand that they want a change, right? That they want, they see that they personally, not the relationship needs, my husband wants, my wife wants, they want and and need that change to live their best life. Then that's when we can decide how we're a fit. Yeah. And, you know, from there, it's really deciding if they're ready to invest the the time that's necessary to, to have change. Like you said, it's not easy. And we tell people straight off the the first two things we tell people is we are not going to tell you what you want to hear. That's what friends and family are for. Uh, We're going to tell you what you need to hear. We promise we're really kind and and compassionate in the way we do it. But a lot, you know, you're going to hear things that you're like, I didn't want to go down that road. You need to, right? So that they're open to investing that time into themselves uh, to go down the roads that they haven't gone down, which is why they keep getting the same results they, they get. And we do that over a course of time, you know, whatever time they choose to, to put into themselves, you know, we can always get a flight to Paris and get there in a short amount of time, or we can walk to Paris and take a really long time to get there, right? How quickly do you want to get to your end result? We can do it really fast, or we can go slow if you want to dip your toe. Um, so that part is really geared on, on where they're at in their readiness to dive in. When you're talking to couples, I'm assuming, do you typically work with couples or is it, do you start out with just one and kind of build in? How does that typically go? It kind of varies. It, it That's does vary. Yeah. But the, the important thing about that is, is it only takes one yeah. to change, to, to, to Better renew relationship, yeah. the relationship, to build, to have that, that, that marriage that you want. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I know for me personally, honestly, I think when stuff started to change was when I decided that even if we didn't work out, even if we didn't work out, going and trying to work on our relationship just as parents was 
made it worth it. So, you know, because I think a lot of times people are so focused on, I got to save it. I got to save it. I got to save it. And if you can save it, great. I'm not saying don't save it, but I think that they get this goal in mind and goals are not inherently bad on their own, but I think it's better to have just the idea. And this is my opinion, but I think it's better to have the idea of just being whole and healed and happy than it is to what does that actually look like at the end for me and my husband, I think we actually did better going into it without the expectations on the end of it. And the only expectation was for us to heal and for us to be able to see eye to eye on things. And, and not that we necessarily had to agree on everything because we still don't, you know, but Mm -hmm. that there was a level of respect on, you know, each side that, okay, I don't agree with you on this, but this is just not going to be a discussion point, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's all that works for us. That's okay for us. Um, Because I think sometimes people think, um, again, my opinion on what I see, but they think they have to agree on everything. Well, we just don't see eye to eye. We don't agree. Okay. So figure out how to compromise. You don't have to agree, you know, mm-hmm. agree to disagree. That's okay too. <laughs> you know? yeah. That's what we, There's certain topics that we know just needs to not be a conversation. And we'll start accidentally getting on the conversation sometimes. And we both kind of look at each other and laugh. So we probably ought to stop this now because it's going to end up being an argument because we know, because we do not see eye to eye on it. And that's okay. You know, we know that ahead of time, but you know, being able to kind of laugh about it and know that we don't see eye to eye and take it from a healthy standpoint, I think it's been a good process for us. Mm-hmm. Well, and understanding where it comes from. Yeah. Right. So that you understand my model of the world and your model of the world are not the same. Absolutely. We, we've come from different places. We've had different experiences. Uh, we have different beliefs. We have different values. They might be close. Mm-hmm but we're not the same person. We're not, we don't have the same thoughts. We don't have the same heart space and understanding that to be able to communicate in a way that her model of the world hears me. Yeah. Right. That's my obligation to speak in a way that her model of the world hears what I would like to be heard. Not my model of the world speaking my model of the world. Mm -hmm. Well, and letting go of being right, right? Yeah. It, the We get so caught up in, well, you ha- we agree to disagree, but I'm right, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, my way is the right. I know I'm right. Yeah, you know, right. <laughs> when we let go of that and we look at, okay, what's the best overall outcome for what we're working towards here? And especially when we have kids, what's the best overall outcome for their them to model after us, right? Let go of being right and just look at, the best overall outcome for the scenario we're discussing, it allows for other opinions and, and everything can be on the table. We can, we can kind of have a little bit of all of it and say, well, it might not be what I would do, but it doesn't mean it's wrong. And again, it's coming from your model of the world, your filters, your perception. Yeah. Yeah. I think perception is key. I think, I think with a lot of things, this could be said, and this could be in the personal or business world, you know, perception is king. You know, not everybody is going to see things the same way. And I use this example a lot, again, even in the business world of, you know, if, if there's 10 people standing outside and they all witness a car accident from their own vantage point and they write down what happened, it's going to be a little different. It's not that any of them are wrong or one of them's lying or whatever. It's just from where they were standing, you know, their perception on what happened was this way, or even past experiences with, they were swerving and maybe, you know, they had a family member hit by a drunk driver. They were probably drunk. You know how that goes sometimes. Our past experiences a lot of times feed into, you know, what we, how we think and what we remember and all of those things. So I think perception 
can be a great tool if utilized correctly to be able to give, you know, different views on things, but it also can be a terrible thing if we allow it to try to, like you mentioned, you know, prove that we're right. Because I think in very few situations, there's a 100% right and a 100% wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's very much, you know, a gray area. And like I mentioned before we went on air, you know, just the show, you know, just the idea behind the show, I wanted to be that gray area. You know, I wanted to be the gray area because I do not believe that, you know, life just in general is black and white. I believe that it's just like all gray. I just believe it's all gray, you know, and I wanted to kind of be able to host people like you that, you know, are very much speaking into that from a relationship standpoint, which I love. I haven't had anybody on, you know, yet that um, is speaking from the relationship side and kind of helping couples. And I'm, I love that you all are doing that. Um, if you could kind of give us an idea of what, what got you into doing, you know, relationships was, you mentioned, um, Scott, that you were in the film industry. Obviously that's, that's, you know, kind of a far cry for what you're doing now. What brought you to this point of thinking that (laughs) you needed to do this? I know it's probably a long story, but you can. So, yeah. So I think for me, it's not a far stretch from film industry to, uh, life coaching to, to relationship coaching. When we read a script and we build a character, we understand that it's not about the words that they're saying. It's about the subtext. It's about the body language. It's about what they feel like the past was for this character to say this line. When you look at it, when you break down a character and when you break down a human, there's no difference. (laughs) We do exactly the same thing. We become a character. We put on masks. We hide things. We say things because of our, our past, um, which, which goes right back to what you were just saying. The perception that we have, you know, the old saying, the truth is in the eye of the beholder, yeah. couldn't be further. It, it couldn't be closer to the truth. Because we've all lived these experiences that filter everything around us, everything we see, what we do, how we experience things, uh, and, and what we manifest into our lives. That's our belief. That's my belief. Going from the film industry and the understanding of human behavior really helps to see where people are, are closed off, where they're hiding something, where they're not really speaking the truth or there's a, there's a presenting problem and the presenting problem might be, you know, my wife just is a nag all the time. She just does not. Right. That's a presenting problem. You talked about earlier for you and your husband, you got to some of the root causes of, of your childhood, right. Zero to 11, the experiences you had that then we carried into the character of adult. So when we look at that concept of those two things, they're not far apart at all. And then we brought adventure therapy in. I've been rock climbing and playing in the woods since I'm eight years old. And uh, I decided one day um, that I wanted to open a rock climbing gym. That was a passion of mine. I, I was living on a, in a beach community. Uh, I I wanted a place to climb for me, for others. And so I decided to do that. Taking people out on guided trips, along with my understanding of human behavior, I was able to link things like where fear came from, 
and how to rid it, right? Not only rid it from the mind, but rid it from the biggest memory we have, which is the body, the physiology. Um, and, and that's really the path that, that led us or me to build this in, in with Nancy um, and to give a, a, a feminine and a masculine and not always her or me being one of those, um, but really giving the, the honest, most truthful equation to it uh, with no agenda, right? Um, the only agenda is to see people live and have the best relationships, um, not only with others, but with themselves, that's what drives it into business like you were talking about mm-hmm. and into your kids and into your relationships with family and friends. And Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, the quality of our life is directly related to our relationships. And when we're lacking something in one, whether it be boundaries or, um, you know, boundaries to uphold the standards we wish to have, if that's lacking in one, it's lacking in other places. You might be a little bit stronger or put them up differently in, in another relationship. But usually if you feel like you're getting walked on in one relationship, it's happening in others. So again, we want to rise that. So your relationships are strong across the board in the sense of you're your most authentic self in every relationship, whether it's with your boss, with coworkers, with kids, stepchildren, whichever. Um, you know, for me, I, I grew up in a house full of women. I'm one of five kids, all girls. Uh, I've always been around women, um, you know, between our household and then friends that would come in, aunts. We were very female dominated. So we always were talking about hearts and broken hearts and relationships. And, you know, my mother was a life coach before life coaches were a thing. She just, she was that person that everybody went to. Uh, She had a very unique wit about how to handle things. And people went to her all the time to discuss these things. So I I was around that all the time. And it kind of just naturally imprinted upon me. Uh, When I got older, I was more of a pleaser type. And that affected my relationships uh, negatively. So I had failed relationship after failed relationship, and I couldn't figure out why. And when I was in my mid 30s, I just was so frustrated and aggravated that the relationship I thought was going to be the one yet again ended. And uh, I was mid thirties and my life did not, wasn't looking like what I had pictured for it. So I really dove into learning about my authentic self and how unauthentic I really had been throughout most of my life and seeing that that really shaped every relationship I ever had. Learning about that with myself, I just wanted to help others with it because I knew from my life experiences with so many female relationships that I was not alone. I, I, it was like a flow of so many conversations coming to the surface of how many people say the same kinds of things that I was saying. So I dove into, you know, becoming a life coach and and really that was just more to, to make it a professional thing, but I had already been guiding and assisting people for a long time uh, in that realm and then just made it a professional realm. And then him and I together, like you said, it's really bringing something unique to the table of a man and a woman and our perspective together of what you have going on. And it's, it's a really fun niche that we've, we've come to really dive into and people are enjoying it and we're enjoying it. I think it's great. I like the dynamics of having, you know, a couple helping other couples because 
you know, even though stereotypes are obviously not across the board, there are a lot that hold true for, you know, the wife and the husband in a relationship. And I think you mentioned authenticity. I think authenticity goes back to the core of a lot of people's problems. Um, And I think that's why I've been so adamant again on the show of being completely authentic, even when my editor and all kinds of people are going, I don't know if you want to do a show on this. I don't know that this is the way you want to go. I'm like, I don't care. People don't Mm -hmm. listen to it. That's fine. If one person hears it and they needed to hear it, good. That is my goal Mm -hmm. because I spent my entire life, you know, hiding so many parts of myself because I thought I had to, you know, because you know, I didn't feel that I fit into the world that I wanted to be in because I grew up super poor and I'm talking super poor. And, you know, and then I didn't go to the schools that everybody else went to. And then, you know, I went into personal training. Um, that was my first career because I have a wellness company too. I went into personal training. I was in the, you know, the fitness world and I, um, I was an MMA instructor. I taught MMA fighters and I'm fought MMA. It's a very masculine dominated world. So, you know, I had to put on this very masculine, I don't care, tough front, even though on the inside, I was a big ball of mush all the time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's just like not being my authentic self for so long, you know, it just adds more weight to yourself. And if you're not dealing with those things, those masks, as one of you mentioned earlier, and I use that term a lot too, you know, if you're putting on all these different masks all the time, but you're never really dealing with why you're putting it on and should you put it on and which I don't think you ever should, but you know, if you're never dealing with again, the why, then that builds up and it just adds more junk to your life. And you know, before you know it, you're 40, you know, like me. And all of a sudden you're like, you don't even know who you really are because you've pretended to be so many people over your entire lifetime. And you feel like you're pieces of all of them, but you're really none of them at the same time. And that is a terrible place to be and a terrible place, you know, to, to feel like you don't really know who you are, what you are, what you want anymore, because you, you know, you get to this point in your life and you can't really pinpoint why on a lot of things. And I think that was kind of a catalyst uh, for me for a lot of things. And, you know, and I think that's one of the reasons why now I think it's, I think we're also layered. You know, I use the quote from Shrek all the time, you know, that the ogres are like onions, you know, they have layers. Well, people are like onions, they have layers, you know, and for so long, I tried to keep my entire life, every aspect of it in different compartments, you know, just neat and tidy, you know, wellness Maria, you know, would do her personal training and her herbs and, you know, she was an integrative nutritionist in this box. And then, you know, consulting and marketing Maria was over here, you know, with her heels and, you know, she couldn't mix it with this because this Maria didn't ever have her hair brushed and had dirt under her nails. And, you know what I mean? And just like, I tried to keep them so separate that it was actually just exhausting me all the time. And really I'm a combination of all of them. You know, I'm not really one type of a person, you know, I'm, I am definitely the barefooted one out in my garden, you know, and I've got crystals and I'm also the one that's up in the meeting and I can take charge of a meeting and, you know, get things done. So it it wasn't that I wasn't, you know, pieces of all those, but I just wasn't one of them. And I think deciding that I didn't care what people thought anymore, that I was just going to be who I was and my right people would be okay with that. And the ones that weren't well, ta-ta. And I was completely fine with that. That, that moment that started the whole process of everything. And then also started the process of me healing my relationship because I knew if I was going to be this authentic person, I wasn't going to put up with, excuse my language, but a half-ass relationship anymore. You know, Mm -hmm. I wasn't, these were my boundaries. This is what I wanted. He was either going to fit into it. He wasn't, and he should feel the same way for me because it definitely wasn't just him. It was a lot me too, trust me, you know, but if we were going to actually be happy people, then we needed to figure it, you know, it all out. And I think that that, you know, getting that junk out 
you know, and getting the messiness of it out again, whether you work your relationship out or not, I think it's important to reach out to people, you know, like you that are willing to get into the messy stuff because it's not easy. Mm -hmm. It's not easy for the people that are going and trying to get the help. It is, it's also not easy for the people I'm sure that are on the other side of it, listening to all the junk because, you know, I liken it to, I don't know if you've ever read the book and I mentioned this on another podcast recently, but, and there's a, there's an older book called the sin eater and, um, it's a fiction book, but, um, I've, I'm, I've always been told that I'm very empathic and I know that I, for a fact that I am now, but I ended up reading that book whenever I was younger. And, um, I, likened it to like how I felt like whenever people, people have always just naturally come to me and just poured their junk on me. And then I would take it and try to smooth it over and try to fix it really while I was dying inside myself, you know, and you know, that is a lot to take on to take on other people's problems. And I think that you all have to obviously probably put a lot of your own um, life, you know, relationship coaching practices into play in your own life and your own relationship, or if not, it could be heavy, heavy, heavy stuff to take on. Um, I don't know if you want to kind of maybe share kind of from your perspective on maybe that about just working in the industry and, you know, how you, I'm assuming have to kind of use your own advice that you're telling other people just to keep yourselves whole and your relationship strong. Cause that can be a mess to be dealing with that on the other side. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It, it, um, <laughs> we walk the, we walk the walk, mm. right. Yeah. Um, we are, we are our best clients because we do practice it every day and it's a practice, right? There's, there's no destination. This relationship is not getting somewhere. It is where it is. And it's better today than it was yesterday. And it'll be better tomorrow than it was today. And how do I know that? Because we put the work in to absolutely make sure that that's the experience that we have. And is it easy from, from the place of, you know, challenge in your relationship? Is it easy to, to dive in, to get to the root cause? No, but it's not as painful as you think. It's not as painful as, as we make up it to be in our cage of the mind, in the story that we tell ourselves. And we remind ourselves, we remind each other each day how grateful we are for each other. I think, I think the two, mm-hmm. the three key points um, that keep it absolutely growing, right? And if it's not growing, it's dying, mm-hmm. um, are gratitude, communication, and vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those three things put in place each and every day, understanding the way that your partner communicates again, so that you're not communicating from where I live. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and we're not one thing, right. As you pointed out, we're not one thing. We don't come from the neighborhood we live in. We don't, our circumstances don't have to prove who we are or aren't. We are not one thing and neither is our partner, even though we want to put them in a box as being one thing. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And, and having the understanding that they have the same, you know, uh, maybe they have, have the same limiting beliefs as you or different limiting beliefs. Maybe they have different values in places. Maybe they don't communicate. You don't communicate. There's got to be a place to learn that. And it's a practice. And, and we practice on each other every day. 
Um, yeah, when you when you really well, when you finally have true communication and you understand where your partner comes from, then you understand their behaviors. And number one, it allows you to kind of call them out on it when you notice they're doing their thing, right? We want to call each other out when we're getting in our old patterns. Uh, But number two, it lets you realize it's not personal. It's just how they're programmed. And this is what's coming out, right? Because biggest thing in relationships is we take it all personal of what we think, like you said, the the whole perception, the filters, we were taking it as it's to us, uh, where 99% of the time that is not the case. It's because of how they're programmed to behave and think and speak. And, uh, and when they're not consciously aware of that, it's completely detrimental. Even when we're conscious and we're in an awakened relationship where we're paying attention to this every day, you can still follow your old programs and your patterns. Our biggest goal for our clients is to be able to show them what we're talking about, not just say, hey, you should do this because I know it'll work. Between the two of us, there's nothing a client has gone through that we haven't been able to say we can resonate because we've been through either the exact same thing or something very similar. Um, And that really helps someone to realize number one, they're not alone. And number two, they can do it. They just need the accountability. You know, not having accountability is why we don't get to the growth we want. It's, it's almost impossible as a human to go, I want to get there, but I have these self-limiting beliefs, but I'm going to overcome them. Our unconscious mind is just so darn strong that when we go to do it, we hit a wall at some point and we go, that's good. Yeah. But we're not really truly happy with that. Too scary. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We have conflicting yeah. feelings about it of, well, I got this far, but I really didn't get as far as I wanted. Well, uh. when you have accountability, there's, there's no stopping to get to where the goal you want to get to of being truly authentic or having true communication or whatever it is that you want to have. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a work in practice every single day to make sure that we are the authentic thing that we're saying we want you to go through and recharging ourselves right yeah, yeah you, have you, to. you pointed out very very well that we do take on a lot mm-hmm. uh from from folks and we again follow the same thing that we tell others we get out in nature mm-hmm. we go on adventure therapies right we go yeah. sit by waterfalls we go play in canyons whatever we can do for us that recharges which for us is nature um, it, it really grounds us. Yeah. And I love that you call it like adventure therapy. And I do want to kind of dig into that a little bit because, um, people that listen to this show and kind of follow me on social media and stuff, they know how big I am about nature. You know, that's what I mentioned earlier that I have a wellness company and I also have a organic farm, you know, and I'm, I'm an herbalist and, you know, we're avid hikers, the whole family, you know, and I'm, nature is one of those things. I even tell people, even if I'm consulting them on a business side through my consulting company, you know, and they're having struggles. I'm like, go hiking. And they're like, what the heck does that have to do with my problem? I'm like, just trust me, just, just go hiking, you know, and I'll kind of share with them a little bit. So, you know, my, both of my businesses kind of blend back and forth all the time because again, I've stopped keeping compartments because I do think it doesn't matter if you're the CEO of a you know fortune 500 company, get out in nature. You're having a stressful week, go hiking, go kayaking, go, like you said, sit by our waterfall, go do something outside. There is something about being outside that literally, as you mentioned, recharges us. And it's, you know, I could get very, you know, spiritually based on it that I do think the energy from nature, you know, recharges us. 
firm believer in that. Um, but you know, even if you're not a believer of anything on the, you know, energy, spiritual level, whatever, go outside. It's still going to make you feel better. (laughs) It's going to make you feel better. So, I mean, I definitely think I love adventure therapy. So you mentioned, you know, rock climbing and stuff. Explain, do do you still take them rock climbing or do you take them hiking or like, what is it that you do with, um, with adventure therapy? Kind of explain a little bit about that. Yeah, it's, it's a range, right? Um, adventure can be anything. A lot of people hear the word adventure and their mind goes to extreme of, you know, like safari. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Whitewater yeah. rafting. Um, but adventure is different for every individual. Um, for us, what we do in our business, um, we bring adventure therapy into our counseling in the sense of everything we do is online. So we work with clients all over the world, but we Mm -hmm. can bring adventure therapy to you into your backyard. We can, we can get you to start incorporating your physiology in a way that you never have. Uh, And the point of all of this is because our bodies keep score, whether we've had great experiences or negative experiences, our body remembers all of it. So if you've been experiencing sadness and loneliness or anxiety for years on end here and there, your body remembers that and it will go into it, even when you start to have this wonderful mindset shift. So you start going into that self-growth feeling great, like, yeah, I totally get it. I get awareness. I'm conscious. And your body's like, um, we're supposed to be depressed right now. Uh, hello. And it starts trying to drag you down, but you don't understand it. So you just feel conflicted and on a roller coaster ride of getting yanked down into your old ways yet again. When that's not really the case, it's just you haven't synced your physiology. So we have different ways in which that we sync physiology. Um, uh, one of the, the funnest ways is our retreats. We take people uh, to places like Costa Rica and Bali and Thailand uh, that got a little, you know, yeah. put on hold with COVID. Postponed. Postponed yeah, a little a bit. Little bit. <laughs> Same. Uh, yeah. Same. Still there in 2021, we're planning on getting back out there. Um, But because of that, we just got more creative of bringing it into your backyards and your your house and sending you on an adventure, you know. But for some people, the adventure is as simple as buying the ticket to go somewhere, right? It's that is an adventure of pulling out their credit card, like, oh my God, I'm going to Costa Rica. For some, it's making a phone call to book their first. Yeah. Uh, consulting call yeah. to say, I need help. Yeah. My marriage needs help. Yeah. Um, my, my cycle of failed relationships needs help. Yeah. That's a huge adventure mm-hmm. to start. And it's, uh, hard, it's, it's, uh, it's hard to admit, except especially for people who otherwise, like we mentioned earlier, are successful or from the outside looking in, have it all together because being able to be vulnerable enough to admit, okay, I am sucking at this and I don't know why and I need help. That is hard, especially coming from somebody that's usually super independent. And it was hard for me. It really was. I remember that moment where I was like, I can't do this by myself. I cannot. And I tried at first. I did. Even once I figured out I needed to change, I tried to do it myself at first because I was like, I don't need help. I don't need help. But I did, you know, and it's funny because I joke around about this all the time because, you know, I'm a consultant, you know, I'm a consultant in the business world. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a nutritionist and stuff and I do consulting in that world. And I know that these people come to me because they're, they need somebody to walk them through it. And yet sometimes <laughs> you, we are so bad at listening to our own advice that even in my business world, it took me a hot minute before I reached out to a consultant to kind of handle some of my own stuff that I needed handled because 
I'm a consultant. I don't need to have a consultant. And now I'm a big proponent of consultants need consultants. Actually, consultants probably need consultants more than anybody else because, you know, we think we have it all figured out because we're a consultant, right? We consultant on this. I don't need any help. But, you know, I always liken it to the fact of, you know, consultants pick out the typos and it doesn't matter if it's in relationships or, you know, nutrition or, you know, in the business world. I always give the example of it's like if you type up a paper and, you know, you read and you're like, yeah, this is on point. It looks great. And then you hand it to your buddy and they're like, okay, well, there's a typo here. This makes no sense. What is this word? You know, and they find all this stuff. You're like, what? And you look at it again, you see it, but you yeah. didn't see it until they pointed it out because you don't see your own typos because you know what you mean to say, you know what you mean to do, you know what it should look like. So your brain automatically sees that a lot of times. And so, you know, I tell people that, you know, even if, you know, you think your nutrition's in check, but you're having all these like fatigue issues or whatever, give me a call. I do free consultations. I'll scan, do some scans on you. I'll let you know what it really looks like because until it's a real big problem, we typically don't pay attention to it. It could be the same thing with relationships, even just a, a retreat. Even if your relationship is not like failing or you're not on the brink of a divorce, like I was, it's important to do those retreats. It's a, important to, you know, kind of get some outside perspective in my opinion to, you know, maybe just a little issue that you don't even know is there or to do some tune up because you had problems in the past because things trigger you sometimes, you know, and you can end up right back where you were before in a split second. So, I mean, I, I love to always tell people that, yeah, you may not have, be having a failed marriage. You may not be, you know, looking for a divorce attorney, but it's just not right. Or maybe you don't feel 100% fulfilled or, you know, you mentioned earlier, Scott, that, um, you know, maybe you just think your wife's a big nag and, you know, I know, you know, I always thought my husband didn't understand a thing that I said, or, you know, whatever those little thoughts plant seeds. <laughs> so even if you're just having those thoughts, it's great to get that kind of out and just talk about it while it's a little thought it's pro and I'm sure that you all would rather get people when it's a little thought <laughs> before well, it's a major, major problem. Right. Here's the thing. It's, we, we call it marriage maintenance. Yeah. And, you know, you make sure that your phone is charged, you make sure you do maintenance on your car, you make sure that all of these things are in place and being maintained in your life, except for the most important thing, which is self. Yeah. And if we can maintain this in, in a correct manner, we can contain this in the correct manner. And having that maintenance is the practice that I was talking about earlier, mm -hmm. uh, that we make sure that we go on adventures together, that we do things that are not just work, 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 because that's what keeps us communicating. It keeps us authentic. It keeps us in that practice of doing it. And yeah, coaches need coaches, consultants need consultants. Going it alone does not work. Uh, I can't tell you how many, how many people we speak to and how long have you been going it alone? What changes have you had over those five, 10 years? Mm -hmm. No changes going it alone. You've got to have that outside perspective. You've got to have that person who says, hey, I know you don't want to look at this within your own self, but there's a responsibility you have to take on to have the relationship that you truly want. Mm -hmm. And it's very hard, like Nancy was saying, for us to look at that until we have somebody that goes, no, you can look at it in a safe, nice space where we just understand it. There's no blame. There's no, there's no uh, anger. It's just to look at it and grow uh, from this place. Yeah. Well, and really looking at why you think it's weak 
you know, everything else we do in life, we get help. We, we learn how to walk by someone helping us and showing us it's okay when we fall down, you can get back up again. We go to school, we learn. Everything in life is about learning from another person who's been where you're at. Yet we get caught up when we hit a challenge and we start thinking, well, I should know how to do this. Why? Why should you be an expert in that? Why should you know? And it's okay that you don't know. The minute we admit in anything that we're doing that we don't know, even in, even Tony Robbins is the biggest advocate on that. Of He walks into a, a room of people that are in self-growth, in financial industries, all this stuff. And he's an expert in all of that. Yet he walks in and goes, maybe I don't know something they're going to talk about. Yeah. You can have that ability with yourself, then you'll be in the place to receive help from the universe, which may be in the form of us, it may be in the form of someone else. It may be in the form of of a little kid coming up to you and saying something that just sparks, you know, something in you. But when we're in the place of we know everything, it stops any growth, and it just creates obstacles and challenges for you. So changing that belief that we have that it's weak to go and ask for help allows you to become the strongest person that you could possibly become for yourself. And that just ripple effects into everyone else in your life. I absolutely agree. And I think that is, you know, one of the reasons I think it's important to really be authentic um, when you struggle, you know, and I've, I've tried to make sure, like, if you look at my social media, it's not the perfectly curated social media. I, I make my social media to where it's real. Like I am. And I put good things on there and I put today sucked on there. And I, you know what I mean? And I've literally had a lot of the people kind of in my world. Um, we, we even, and on my business, I'd manage social media accounts for other companies. They want the beautiful, perfectly curated, branded, great, wonderful. And it looks great. I'm not saying it doesn't, but I didn't want to be that because I'm very much the person, especially on here, speaking authentic and speaking my truth and speaking. I wanted to show them messy. I didn't want to be the account where everybody was. And I look at those accounts too. They're like, oh my gosh, you're so beautiful. And their life's so perfect. And her hair is always gorgeous. You know I mean? I love those accounts. I say her at them too, but I wanted to be the one saying, you know, I don't have time for that because I don't. And I want to be the one saying, well, today sucked, like I mentioned earlier, or I have not always had it all figured out. And you know, I've had great things happen in my life and I've had terrible things happen in my life and I've made wonderful decisions and I made horrendous decisions. And I talk about all of them because I've found that the more that I do that, number one, it's actually, it's, it's healing for me, even on the ones that I'm like, I should be ashamed of because that was a terrible decision. I speak about it. And then, you know, it takes a little bit of weight off me because it's like, okay, well, I talked about it. So I kind of give it to the universe. And then also I've had other people come to me and they're more willing to open up because, you know, I'm not this perfect person. You know, I'm not pretending to be this perfect person that they're afraid to say anything to. And they're going to, you know, that I'm going to judge them for it because I just air all my dirty laundry on everything all the time. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm welcoming to other people because it's like, well, she's a hot mess. I can say it to her, you know, you know, that type of thing. And I, I think the authenticity goes a long way in allowing other people to also be authentic and also be vulnerable. And that was hard for me that, well, the vulnerability was very hard, very hard. And I don't think that that is something, I don't think that's something that independent people, especially successful business owners and stuff, I, I have found, and I'm sure you've seen the same thing, that vulnerability is their weak point because um, I think they're afraid, and this is coming from me and what I've seen, I think they're afraid that if they're vulnerable, then they admit weakness. And I don't think they understand it's not the same thing you know, vulnerability is not weakness, you know, and I can remember having that discussion with my husband, um, even in counseling that, 
you know, he was, he was in the military and he was special ops and he was like the guy's guy, you know, so he was not going to be vulnerable to talk about feelings and all that kind of crap, you know, which he does now. And it's funny. And he does yoga with me and believes in the energy and all the stuff that he used to make fun of me for, you know, so I kind of won on that one. I always joke around that. I'm like, I win. I won on that one. He's like, yes, you did. You know, type of thing. But, but um, you know, I think a lot of times, a lot of people have this idea that vulnerability is weak, you know, and I don't know if, um, obviously I've never been a guy before, but you know, I don't know, Scott, if you see it more from the guys than maybe the women. I feel like I've seen it more from the men, but I do see it a lot in, you know, um, business owners that are women too. Because it's like, you know, as a, as a woman, Nancy, you can probably say this. And um, I, I felt like I had to just be like super strong in the business world because I was like up against all these men. They were also super strong. And, you know, there was this stigma that women were just like going to go somewhere and cry if something didn't go wrong, which sometimes I did, but I hit it, you know, type of thing, you know, and I don't know if that's something that you all deal with and have seen um, in your, you know, in your business coaching. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I get it. I get the, the man's man. Right. I grew up in a very, very poor home and very, very, uh, you know, 1950s, if you will, um, in the belief system that men didn't have feelings, that men didn't cry, that men didn't uh, do all these things. And for me, I'm an empath. I've been an empath my whole life. So it was so confining to not be who I am. Um, and, and to have these beliefs that weren't even mine, right? They were, they were given to me. Uh, they were told to me that these are your beliefs. To break open that vulnerability is the strongest thing a man can do. Absolutely. If we want to talk uh, labels and weak and strong and, and, and that, it's easy to cover up. It's easy to not deal with. It's simple, right? We go to our quiet place. We put up our wall. We put our masks on. Yep. Simple. It's not simple to be vulnerable. It's not simple to share why I almost committed suicide. It's not simple to share why I had failed relationship after failed relationship and where that comes from. What I found again, with vulnerability and communication is that A, we don't have to hide anymore. And B, we can be in the most beautiful, loving, giving and receiving relationship that we've ever had in our lives. And all we have to do, all we have to do is heal that inner wound child, heal them from whatever it is that brought the belief and brought the pattern into, um, into having to not be vulnerable in having not to communicate. Right. That was my big thing. I would shut down Me too. (laughs) and I would have all the, I would have all the conversations in my head. Well, if I say this, they're going to say that, and they're going to say that, and this is going to happen. And then this is going to happen and and it's going to break up the relationship. So I would stay stuck in that story and learning and, and understanding why I held it back, why I didn't talk about it and, and learning to be communicative, be vulnerable and to see the evidence from that build on the side of love, as opposed to the other evidence of I'm not loved. I'm not enough. I can't have a relationship. I'm no good. It's right 
changing that and getting the evidence of I am all love. When I'm vulnerable and I'm authentic and I communicate, I'm all love. And, and I get that mirror reflection from doing that. So then I feel that overwhelming self-love again, because I gave that to myself to then give to other. Right. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head of, you know, vulnerability is not, it doesn't just mean we cry or showing that you cry. Right. A lot of people, especially men, they hear the word vulnerable and they're like, well, I'm not going to cry in front of anybody. Right. Vulnerability is simply just talking to someone about the things that scare you and being able to say, I'm scared or I don't know, right? Saying I don't know in something is extremely vulnerable. It's it's showing again what we consider weak. I have to know it all. I have to be strong. I have to be all this. Just simply saying I don't know is extremely vulnerable because it opens up to, okay, well, great. Now we have somewhere to start. You don't know. Cool. So let's start taking steps to figuring it out, right? But people get caught up in the meaning they put on everything. And then vulnerability is just like, oh, well, I'll do all this, but I'm not doing that. Oh, no, I'm not going to cry in front of anybody. Or, you know, we're not even going there yet. We're just saying, tell me how you feel, right? Yeah. What do you truly feel? But I'll cry. You cry? Yeah. But I'll cry. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know. I mean, for me, I, you mentioned that you were empathic. I am very empathic. And I think for me, that was one of the problems of, you know, I joked around earlier that I'm emotionally stunted. I was emotionally stunted because I felt everything so deeply and it hurt and it was so confusing. And even from the time I was a kid that I didn't want to feel because I, you know, connected that with just pain and I just didn't want to deal with it. And like, I've, and even to the point, like I've never been somebody who watches sad movies. I've never been somebody who watches scary movies. I can't. Like, I don't, I don't watch the news. I don't read articles that are negative. It's, it it impacts me actually physically and I cannot do it. And, you know, I've always just kind of made it a joke because it was something I was very uncomfortable about, you know, but, you know, as I, again, started to heal, I didn't look at it so much as a, as a negative anymore. You know, I, um, I I am very careful about, you know, how I'm around and stuff. Cause again, I absorb it all, but you know, there are benefits to being vulnerable. There are benefits to being, you know, empathic and, you know, vulnerability, if it's handled correctly, I, I believe is a gift. And I would have never said that, you know, years back, I would have never said that because to me, vulnerability was equated to weakness and it wasn't equated to pain. You know, that's how I connected it all in my mind. But again, it's all perception. It's what have you experienced? What have you been through? And to me, anytime that I tried to be a little bit vulnerable, I would get hurt and I would suck back up inside myself. And um, you mentioned walls. I had walls upon walls upon walls, which I covered with, you know, sarcasm and, you know, chip on my shoulder, you know what I mean? And which I still have the sarcasm and, you know, but my chip on the shoulder is pretty well gone, but the sarcasm is pretty much here to stay as who I am as a person. But, um, you know, that's, I think that, you know, again, I think that we think that we have to be this one type of person and we don't, it's who are you authentic? you know, who are you authentically, you know, who are you, you know, as a person, you know, on a soul level, you know, and the only way to find that out is by being vulnerable. And the same thing about with your partner, you know, I felt like even though me and my husband have been together for a long time, I felt like we didn't really, really know each other intimately because I had already come from so many failed relationships. I was not going to go to that level. I wasn't even going to try it, which I never really had all the way. I know that now, but I thought I had you know, I thought I had, and 
I got hurt. And I was like, well, that hurts. I'm not doing that again. So, you know, once you've been hurt over and over, you give less and you give less and you give less because you got to hold on to something. And I'd always, I would actually say that. I remember saying that um, in counseling when we first started going is I can't do that because I can't, this is the last piece of myself. I feel like I have left. And if I give it away, I have nothing, I have nothing left. And that's what I felt like, which is actually not true, but it was breaking down that idea that I had in my head and being vulnerable, which is terrifyingly scary. It really is when you've you know, been hurt so many times it is, but it's so important because you're opening yourself up to a whole nother level of happy that I didn't even know honestly existed. And, you know, I'm happy enough now. I mean, my marriage is great now and I'm happy with my marriage, but I'm also happy enough as a person that if he just got up and left tomorrow, yes, I would be sad, but I would also be okay. And I could have never said that before ever. I could have never said that before because I also, you know, kind of codependently absorbed happiness from anybody I was around because I like was so tucked up inside of myself. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm sure that you all see things like that on a regular basis, but you know, if you was to talk to somebody that's maybe, I don't know, maybe in the middle of a bad relationship or a series of bad relationships, or, you know, if, if somebody's listening right now that is hearing some truths and some of the stuff that we've been talking about, I was like, wow, okay. What are some kind of takeaway steps of maybe understanding what they need to do now? And then also kind of telling them how they can reach out to you all to try to, you know, go further. Yeah, I think if if you're finding yourself in the same old pattern of whether it's failed relationships or it's the relationship you're in continues to follow a pattern that you aren't in joy with, that you truly aren't sitting in joy in in those in in that relationship or within that, if you find yourself using language like I need someone to complete me, um those are indicator lights, right? Those are, are um, some of the indicators that would say you need help. Most of the time, 99.9% of the time, uh, we already know we need help. We've known for years. We've known for months. We've known for a long time that it's been going this route uh, that we've seen the cycle of failed relationships, They always cheat on me. They always find some other priority. It's always a man boy. It's, it's this, it's that, right? What it is, is the self love that we have for ourselves. It's the relationship that we have with with ourselves. Um, I like to say, we see what we be. I like that. Right. We see what we be. If we see, you know, Unavailable. unavailableness, yeah. we need to see where we're unavailable, mm-hmm. where we're holding back in that relationship, where our walls are up, where we're not being vulnerable. If we're not being available a hundred percent, how can we expect someone else to be right? We teach people how to treat us from the very beginning. And so when we start with all these masks, with all these walls, with all these defenses, we're teaching that person how to treat us. Six months down the road, a year down the road, you start to like take a couple of those small walls down maybe, right? And let a little bit out. And they're like, who are you? Yeah. Or you don't get the response you were looking for, right? And again, if, if you're not 
enjoy in the place that you are in, in any of your relationships, whether it be your partner, your children, your coworkers, your employment, your business, it all starts with self and building that relationship. Um, and, and that's what, that's what we do the best. Yeah. You really talking of steps, you want to look at, you know, instead of codependence on someone else to fill your voids and thinking it's everything else and everyone else turning inward and looking into you, you know, really rating your scale of self-love on a zero to 10, where does it lie? If it's a nine or below, the 10 or below you, the reason you're having any issues in anything is because you haven't completed your cup yet. We want someone to compliment us. We want everyone in our life to compliment us, not complete us. That's not how we fill our human needs. So, you know, we, we do free self-love challenges, you know, a five day challenge to really dive in and look at where you are, you know, and where is that self-love for yourself. It's a great way to start raising that number and start seeing within those five days changes in your environment. You know, we do a, every other Sunday, a virtual mastermind for ladies to come talk all things relationship. You know, another way to, like you were saying, why, right? The biggest question that no one asks is why. So when we're having troubles, instead of going, oh, this is just the way men are. This is just the way it is when you get older. This is just the way I'm the old maid. It's blah, blah, blah. Why am I having these troubles, right? You can come to the ladies' virtual mastermind and ask why, right? And get strategic advice and see that there's other people out there with similar struggles to you. So those are two things that you can literally start doing today uh, to really start making a change. You know, we have to take action to have something different. And you can visit our website at scottandnancykiesling.com. Yep. You can find us on Facebook. You can Google Scott and Nancy Kiesling. Yeah. And all of, that will come all up. of those links will come up. Yeah. Um, but we're on Facebook, Instagram, and it's all Scott and Nancy. And, and we, uh, we loved connecting with people. Yeah. Helping them to live their best life. And I think that's super important. I know as women, I'm, I'm was one of these. I did the same thing. You know, we tend to pour everything into our kids, everything into our spouse, ever. We think everything, everything into our business. And then at the end of the day, there's nothing left. And we think, well, you know, next time or when the baby's a little older or when, or when I win or when, but you know, the win a lot of times doesn't come because it's just something else. Right. Mm-hmm. And then before you know it, you're so empty, you don't even know where to start and everything starts falling apart. So, you know, before it gets to that point, it's better to go ahead and reach out and start to fine tune things. But even if you are at a point where you do feel completely lost, you know, you don't know how to feel happy again. You don't know what the right answers are. You know, it's not that it's, it's too late. Cause it's definitely not, you know, I can remember feeling like I quit. I'm done. I just can't do anything anymore. I was literally ready to quit everything. You know, I was exhausted mentally and physically exhausted. And you know, I still was able to come out of it. So don't ever feel that it's too late because it's not, if you're still here, you're still breathing. It is definitely not too late. So, you know, I, you know, kind of ask you to go ahead and reach out to Scott and Nancy. We will have the links um, to get a hold, a hold of them in the show notes. And then um, you can follow them to find out more about all of their offerings and their challenges. And I'm going to check those out myself. I think those are great. Um, I, I know some girls that I talk with on a regular basis. We've kind of got this like um, 
I don't know, it's kind of like the secret sisterhood thing going on where, you know, we were all kind of, we kind of hit rock bottom at the same time. And um, it just so happened that we had kind of met just in the business world and we've stayed friends and we talk about, you know, everything really. So I'm going to mention this to them. I think they would enjoy that too. So I'll make sure and have the links in the show notes and um, then we, you all can reach out and we will go from there. So I really enjoyed having you all in here today. It was so great. And thank, thank you. you so much for having us. Yeah. Um, and, and just as a last note, rock bottom does not have to be a starting point. You know, it, it truly doesn't. It, it, we can start anywhere and, and it doesn't have to get to that point. But thank you again for having yeah. us. We do so appreciate it. Yeah, uh, and yeah absolutely. And yeah, I, I agree. Don't get to rock bottom. You don't want to go there. <laughs> Absolutely not. But okay. So I will have the show notes or the links in the show notes so then you all can follow there and we will see you next time.